This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The NFL Draft Recap Shows continue. Tonight, I will be talking about the NFC North. If you have missed the first three parts of this mini podcast series, please go back and check them out. I started with the NFC West, followed it up with the NFC East, and then the most recent episode was the NFC South. Today, I will be talking about the NFC North. I'll be talking about the Chicago Bears draft, the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers, and then obviously uh, the last team in the division, the Minnesota Vikings. So let's get right into it. I'll just go through alphabetical order. Let's start with the Chicago Bears. Uh, They did not have a first-round pick due to a trade last year they made with the Giants. When they came up from, I think it was 20 to 11 or 20 to 10 to draft quarterback Justin Fields. They gave up, you know, a pick 20, a pick last year. I think it was the fourth round and then a first and a three this year or something along those lines uh, to come up and get Justin Fields. So they didn't have a first round pick this year. In the second round, they took Washington cornerback Kyler Gordon at pick 39. In the second round, they took Penn State safety Jaquan Brisker at pick 48. In the third round, at pick 71, they took Tennessee wide receiver Valus Jones. In the fifth round, they took Southern Utah offensive lineman Braxton Jones at pick 168. In the fifth round, they took Miami of Ohio edge rusher Dominique Robinson. In the sixth round, they took San Diego State offensive tackle Zachary Thomas. In the sixth round, they took Baylor running back Treston Ebner. In the sixth round, they took Illinois center Doug Kramer. And then they had three seventh-round picks. They took Southern offensive lineman Jatir Carter. California safety, Elijah Hicks, and North Carolina State punter, Trenton Gill. If we start about a little bit overall what they did, they moved around a lot. They wanted to gather more picks. They moved around a lot on day three to acquire picks. I would say my two favorite picks are Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. I would say the best value pick was, was Dominique Robinson. And I would say the biggest question mark was the drafting of Alice Jones Jr. and also while I like Gordon and Brisker a lot, the players not giving more assets to helping Justin Fields in some capacity, whether it be the O-line or skilled playmakers. So I like Kyler Gordon. I like Brisker. Gordon was a guy who, until his ant combine in terms of his, his long speed, this was a guy that most people thought was going to be taken in the teens or the early 20s, similar you know, where people were pegging you know, Trent McDuffie. So Gordon was a guy that the combine kind of pushed him down a little bit to the second round, but even leading into the draft, there were some people that thought he still could have went late round one, like where the Chiefs were picking, but they get him there at pick 39. I think he's a right away starter and he could be a long-term fixture at the cornerback position. At pick, at pick 48, I really liked Jaquan Brisker. I think he was one of the better safeties. I love the second round for this safety class. And I think Jaquan Brisker is a long-term building block there. So, so I do like those two guys. I already talked about how I thought their best value pick was Dominique Robinson. If he would have went late third round, I wouldn't have been stunned. They got him in the fifth round. Uh, I didn't love all their moving around. I, I think 
They drafted a lot of guys in the sixth and seventh round that I, I think are real long shots to make the roster. I didn't think they got any great value for any of those sixth or seventh round picks. Like a guy maybe was falling down the board. You know, most of these guys were not guys that there was value off of the consensus board. I do think Braxton Jones is a interesting developmental offensive tackle, but the Valus Jones thing, he's 25 years old. You know, he's a slot receiver, you know, who it took many years before he had really showed production in terms of college, uh, a, a return guy. I just thought there were better receivers on the board there uh, who they could have taken, who could maybe have been a long-term you know, potential guy who could develop into a starter alongside Darnell Mooney. And I'm just not sure about Baylor Jones. I'll give him a shot. I like this tape, you know, but like I mentioned on the NFC West podcast, if Baylor Jones is going the third round, Bo Melton shouldn't have been going in the seventh round. Like to me, those guys were like both fourth, fifth round guys. And for Valus Jones to go pick 71 and Bo Melton to go, you know, somewhere middle round seven, just the the value on one of those guys is way off. I think it should have probably met in the middle for both of those guys. Uh, so, yeah, I think they got some starters in Gordon and Brisker. I think they got some good developmental pieces at on the O-line in Braxton Jones and another edge rusher in Dominique Robinson. Uh, but I think the big question is, is what are they doing to help? What are they doing to help Justin Fields? Because there are gaping holes on the O-line and at wide receiver. They brought in a defensive-minded head coach. Yeah, they brought over, you know, an interesting young coordinator from Green Bay. But they just don't seem like this regime who didn't draft Justin Fields, they don't really seem like they're going out of their way to make this a successful second year for him. And I don't think they're going to win many games this year. And if they're picking in the top five, do they basically cut the cord on Justin Fields, who I think is a very talented quarterback? They just don't seem like this regime is trying to set him up for success. And maybe he overcomes it, but I don't think they're doing a very good job. And I think that's a very questionable decision. You know, this was a guy who most people thought was worthy of a top 10, top 15 pick last year. You know, yeah, I understand maybe he wasn't your guy in your regime, but I'm just surprised how little they've done in free agency and now the draft to kind of make life easier for Justin Fields to kind of know whether or not he, they want to make him the franchise quarterback, you know, moving forward, or they're just going to pull the plug after two years when he was set up to basically not have any opportunity to be successful. So, like I said, a couple good players on the defensive side, but I think a lot of question marks in terms of what they did on the offensive side to try to help Justin Fields. And to me, that makes this a failing uh, draft for the Bears because to me, their whole focus should be on Justin Fields. And I like that they got some starters on defense, but that's not as important as developing Justin Fields. That should have been priority one. Uh, and I just, I just think they did a poor job of that in this draft class. If we take this to the next team, and that is the Detroit Lions. Now, they, on the other hand, did not have a poor draft. They had a fantastic draft. They sit there, pick two, and the local kid, Michigan edge rusher in Hutchinson, falls into their laps. Then they make an aggressive trade up from the top of round two to pick 12. I'm sorry, not top of round two, the last pick of round one to pick 12 to get Jamison Williams. And the cost was very, very affordable. Still stunned how little Minnesota got in that trade back when you consider how far Detroit was coming up from 32 to 12. They take Alabama wide receiver Jamison Williams. 
In the second round of pick 46, they took Kentucky defensive end Josh Pascal. In the third round of pick 97, they took Illinois safety Kirby Joseph. In the fifth round, they took Virginia Tech tight end James Mitchell. In the sixth round at pick 188, they took Oklahoma State linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez. In the sixth round, they also took Jackson State linebacker James Houston. And they rounded out in the seventh round at pick 237, they took Arizona State cornerback Chase Lucas. Overall, favored pick, Jamison Williams. I think he has the capability to be the best wide receiver in this draft class. Explosive playmaker. I think he complements Amon Ross St. Brown very well who I think is much more of just a possession slot type wide receiver. I think Jamison Williams is, a, is, is that guy who can get vertical from inside or on the outside because Amon Ross St. Brown could also be a possession Z receiver on the outside. If you want to move Jamison Williams inside to the slot, I'm intrigued with their little trio of wide receivers for next year. Jamison Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, um, DJ Clark, DJ Chark. They have DeAndre Swift coming out of backfield. They have, you know, a good tight end and TJ Hawkinson. So to me, they, they're kind of set up, and I don't think Jared Goff is a long-term answer, but give him enough weapons, and he could at least be functional. And I, I think they've sur- done a good job surrounding him with weapons. So my favorite pick was Jamison Williams. You could also say Aiden Hutchinson as well. Do I ever think Aiden Hutchinson's going to be a flat-out superstar, like a 15-sack type guy, like a Joey or Nick Bosa? No. Do I think he could be a 10 to 12 sack guy? Yeah, I think that I don't I don't see a, a path where he's not a really, really good starter, Pro Bowls. I, I think Hutchinson's and his fits what Detroit wants to do. So, I mean, those first two picks were unbelievable uh, in terms of value picks. My favorite value pick is Malcolm Rodriguez. And you can make the case it's one of the best value picks in the entire NFL draft. Uh, I thought this was a guy, if he came off the board late round three or early round four, I, I would not have been surprised. I think he could be a starting inside backer, you know, for a long time in the NFL. And does he get an opportunity with that draft capital to be determined? But but I think that's his skill set. I, I love his athleticism, his his ability to play sideline to sideline, his speed, his quickness, uh, his instincts. I really like Malcolm Rodriguez. I'm intrigued by James Mitchell. I know they don't need a tight end, but they can maybe have found a good number two tight end. I, I think if James Mitchell doesn't get injured, he's potentially going a little bit earlier than this. So I think he could potentially develop into a number two tight end. I like Pascal and Kirby Joseph. I think those guys could develop into starters, especially definitely Pascal. And I think there's a shot that Joseph can as well. So they might have added three defensive starters for sure. And if Rodriguez pans out to what I think he could be, they may have came away with this draft with potentially four defensive starters sooner rather than later, plus Jamison Williams, and then a potential like upside tight end two in James Mitchell. Uh, my only questionable decision is maybe not taking a quarterback. You know, they could have they could have potentially, you know, moved around with that Kirby Joseph pick at pick 97 and, and looked to see if it was Malik Willis who they wanted or or Desmond Ritter or Matt Corral. Like that was in the neighborhood of where all these guys were going. So they could have brought somebody else in to kind of sit behind Jared Goff for a year because I do think they're going to be a little bit better of a football team. I don't think they're going to be picking right at the top of the draft next year. So then that's going to involve having to find a way, a bold way to get towards the top for a quarterback or do something else. So that's my only questionable move, but all in all, I love the the draft for the lions. Uh, I love the trade up for Jamison Williams. I, I love the value on some of their picks. I thought they had a fantastic draft. Next up is the green Bay Packers. Uh, they did not, Go wide receiver in round one, like so many people thought they did. The board really just didn't fall that way. But they did have two picks in the first round. One was their own and one was from the Raiders due to the Devontae Adams trade. 
uh, in the first round, pick 22, they took Georgia linebacker Quay Walker. At pick 28 in round one, they took Georgia defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt. In the second round, they make the bold move up and they trade their, their late two second round picks that they had all the way up to pick 34 to take North Dakota State wide receiver Christian Watson. In the third round, they took UCLA offensive lineman Sean Ryan. In the fourth round, they took Nevada wide receiver Romeo Dobbs. In the fourth round, they took Wake Forest guard center Zach Tom. In the fifth round, they took South Carolina edge Kingsley Mbare. In the seventh round, they had a trio of picks. They took Georgia Tech linebacker safety hybrid Tariq Carpenter. Sorry, they had four picks in the seventh round. They took Miami. They took a defensive tackle Jonathan Ford from Miami of Florida. In the seventh round, they also took offensive tackle Rasheed Walker out of Penn State. And then rounding out their fourth, seventh round selection, Nebraska wide receiver Samare Torre. All in all, I would say my favorite pick of of their draft was Sean Ryan. I think this is a guy who they do a really good job, the the Packers, of drafting offensive linemen in like round three, round four, and developing him in the starters. I think Sean Ryan and I think Zach Tom. I think they may have found two interior starting offensive linemen in this draft. Now, obviously, we'll see about the time frame on that, but I think both Sean Ryan and, and Zach Tom could be starters sooner rather than later for the Packers. If not, they are high-quality depth. I think Ryan has a better chance to start quicker than Tom, but I think both of those guys. So they were my two favorite picks, even though they weren't at the top of the top of the draft. Obviously, Devontae Wyatt, one of the best Baritacs in this draft class, so I like him as well, as well too. Uh, in terms of value, Rashid Walker in the seventh round. This was a guy who I thought could have went round three, round four, and he ended up going in the seventh round, which I thought was tremendous value. Another guy that you could add him to Ryan and Tom. You know, I'm not saying all three of them are going to pan out, but I think Walker has just as good a chance of panning out as Tom, who went three rounds later. So I, I really like what they did with their three offensive line picks. Uh, I thought Kings, Kingsley and Barre could have went in the third, late third or early fourth round. He goes in the fifth round. Uh, so those are some value picks. In terms of questionable decisions, I like Quay Walker. I think he's a really good player. I was kind of hoping the Giants would maybe uh, get an opportunity to draft him in the early portion of round two. They He pushed all the way up and went at 22. I like Quay Walker. I did not like him as much as Devin Lloyd. So I guess that's slightly a questionable move where they could have taken Devin Lloyd or they could maybe have, you know, pivoted to a different position, but they were a little struck. They were a little stuck there in terms of what was available. Uh, the other decision is then training up for Christian Watson. I like the bold move, but I would have rather than be aggressive and more bold in the first round to take that pick where they got Quay Walker, use that their one of their late second round picks and come up and see if, they offered 22 and one of their late seconds. Could they have came up in striking distance to get one of the, the, the first six wide receivers? You know, Minnesota didn't have to give up a lot to get up to the pick to get Jamison Williams. Saints didn't have to give up a ton. Now, I understand pick 22 is different than where, you know, the the Saints were coming from, but not from where the Lions were coming from. So, you know, the Lions did not have to give up a lot. They could have made a trade like the Lions did to come up and get Jamison Williams. They could have moved up to try to get Jahan Dotson. So I would have liked to see him be a little bit more aggressive in round one to go get the wide receiver because I do, you know, have some questions about Christian Watson. I think he's a very intriguing talent. You know, he reminds me a little bit of like a Martavius Bryant type player, but is a guy from a small level school of college who has some drop issues. Is he quickly going to develop 
the rapport with Aaron Rodgers and gain Aaron Rodgers' trust to be a number one wide receiver this year or next if Aaron Rodgers plays two more years, let's say, in Green Bay? Like, you know, I don't know how many more years Rodgers is going to be there, but to me, Christian Watson is this developmental wide receiver prospect that if he hits, the ceiling is, is sky high. But how quickly can we expect a guy from a lower level college to develop a rapport with Aaron Rodgers, who we've seen how, you know, how hard that is to gain Aaron Rodgers' trust? I just think of getting a more proven player, more refined player might have been the way to go. Now, with that said, I really do like their fourth round wide receiver pick of Romeo Dobbs. I think he can maybe make an impact. I think I really love his ball skills, his body control at the catch point. And I'm also intrigued with their seventh round pick, Samari Toure. So we'll see, you know, they, for re-wide receivers. So they obviously invested resources in there. Uh, I like Watson. I like his his natural traits. But I would have been more inclined to, if I'm going to go that with natural traits, I would have went George Pickens or I would have went Sky Moore. I would have went with a guy who I just think, you know, is a little bit more refined and maybe would have gelled a little bit better and quicker with Aaron Rodgers. Some people compare Christian Watson to, you know, Valdez Scantling. Like, well, okay, if that's who he is, great. Then he replaces Valdez Scantling. Then who's replacing Devontae Adams or even giving close to the production there? So we'll see. I think they'll still make a move. Maybe it's Jarvis Landry. Maybe it's Odell Beckham when he's healthy. Uh, I think the Packers still got to do something dramatic at the wide receiver position to try to help them out. I'm not even sure how much Jarvis Landry moves the needle. We'll see about Odell coming back from another injury. You know, maybe they jump in the sweepstakes for Debo if he's still available or somebody else that we're not even thinking of at the moment. Let's finish this off with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Minnesota Vikings made that trade, what I was talking about, where they dropped down from 12 to 32. Uh, they didn't get a ton of value, like I said, but at pick 32, they took Georgia safety, Lewisine. I picked 42 in the second round. Over They took Clemson cornerback Andrew Boot. In the second round, I picked 59. They took LSU offensive lineman Ed Ingram. I picked 66 in the third round overall. They took Oklahoma linebacker Brian Asamoah. In the fourth round, they took Missouri cornerback Akilib Evans. Uh, in the fifth round, they took Minnesota edge Azee Otomuemo. In the fifth round, they took North Carolina running back Ty Chandler. In the sixth round, Illinois offensive tackle Vidarian Lowe. In the sixth round, Michigan State wide receiver Jalen Nillar. And the seventh round, South Carolina tight end Nick Muse. All in all, I was not a big fan of the Vikings draft. They were one of my least favorite drafts of any draft this year in the 2022 NFL draft. I, I despise the trade down. I think they should have stayed there and, and just took in either like a guy like Trent McDuffie or they could have taken a, a, one of the wide receivers themselves. Uh, if they wanted a safety, they could have taken Kyle Hamlet, Kylan, uh, Kyle Hamilton uh, instead of Lewisine. I, I just didn't understand that far of a trade back, and they didn't they just didn't maximize the draft capital. Like to me, when they went from thirty, when they went from twelve to thirty-two, they should have got the Lions pick at thirty-two, and then they should have got their pick early in the second round. Like think about the Packers had to give up two late twos to get to the top of the second. The Lions, to come all the way up to 12, should have had to give up pick 32, and then I think it was like 34. That trade would have made sense, not the trade that the Vikings actually made to get up there. So that that really kind of set the wheels in motion for a draft that I just wasn't a fan of. I like Lewisine the player. I, I really do. I think he'd be a 10-year starter at the safety position. Like He could be a, he's a really good high-level impact player. They're going to put him. You know, back there next to Harrison Smith, I, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a really good player, and I like the Andrew Boot pick a lot. 
they jumped ahead of the Giants. Maybe they thought the Giants were targeting him. Andrew Booth, if he didn't have some health and durability questions, he might have been a guy who went in the top 20, top 25. So they get that cornerback. So I like that. But after that, I feel like besides the Ty Chandler pick, who is my favorite value pick, uh, if Ty Chandler went in round four or even earlier in round five, I wouldn't have been surprised. He goes at pick 169. I like Ty Chandler's game. He was a guy that I was a big fan of at Tennessee. He transferred to UNC. I was expecting even a bigger year this year. He played well, but uh, I really like Ty Chandler's game. He, he played well at the Shrine Bowl. So he was my favorite value pick. I, I would say Boot was my favorite pick overall, especially where they got him at, at pick 42 in the second round. Uh in terms of questionable decisions, I hated the trade down. I thought Ed Ingram in the second round was way too early. I thought Brian Asamo in the third round, I picked 66 in the top of the third round. I thought that was too early. Uh, and besides Chandler, I didn't really love anything that they did on day three in terms of finding value that might have slipped down the board. So just was not a fan overall of the Vikings draft. So there it is, guys. The NFC North is in the books, part four of eight. The NFC fully covered. Uh, please, if you have not listened to the first three episodes, go back and listen to them. Find your favorite team. Reach out to me on Twitter. Ask me questions. Uh, I love interacting with you guys. Um, so hopefully you're enjoying these mini podcasts. Uh, four more to go. Breaking down all of the teams in the AFC division by division. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nicano, and myself, thank you for joining us. And I look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.